you and put them in indoctrination camps. They're going to do it. It's going to happen. And there's nothing you're going to do to stop because we've waited too long. I see a lot of gray-haired people in here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a 50-year fight. All of us are not going to survive. Wake up. Check us out at otwtube.com. That is our free speech social media platform, ladies and gentlemen. And I can't even put you on to how we do it and what measures we've had to take just to bring you this type of content. But best, best believe we, we, we jumped through a lot of hoops and kind of sidestepped <laughs> a lot of pitfalls to bring people this content and to bring people on the wakeupradio.com. No catch up in a few years, but until then, just trust us. We've done a lot. And we've done this so that our conversation isn't stifled in the end of the day. And that's the bottom line, because we're living in an era right now where the, you know, Obviously, there's heavy censorship and and um, people are being deplatformed and and you know c- censoring their own words. They're self-censoring, which is crazy. So I- instead of you know the Gestapo coming in and you know put holding a gun up to someone's head and telling them what they can and can't say, and so they're censoring themselves. They're censoring their words. They're censoring how they say things. And it's just a crazy time to be alive right now. The, the title of the program this evening is Worldwide Genocide, and that's appropriate. If you got to check out the ad that we did, you'll see it at some point. But it's a bunch of clips of people being thrown in vans screaming. It's not just people, you know. One of them is an, an elder, Aboriginal elder from, from Australia, and, you know, these cops, they don't wear the jackboots anymore. But these cops come by and just, you know, pick her up like a sack of potatoes and put her into the back of some vehicle to forcefully vaccinate her. And who knows what. But then the next one is, um, I believe it's a little girl in India. Same thing. She's screaming, you know, screaming. Her mother's and her parents, you know, running behind the police. And all they can do is look, look into the back of the van as this child is being thrown into the back of the van to be whatever isolated, vaccinated, who knows? But the point is, this: the people in both of these videos, in the first one with the Aboriginal elder, they took this lady and you hear someone yelling in the background, this is genocide, this is genocide. That's what you do when genocide is happening in front of you? You scream about it? <laughs> you know? And then in... in um, in the next video, the next video clip, it's one that many of you might have seen. It's where this um, Australian father, so I guess he had brought his daughter down to the hospital to be vaccinated, isolated, whatever the case may be. He brought her down there. There's a whole bunch of police surrounding him. And, you know, he's hugging his daughter real tight, hugging his daughter. just, And then finally he kind of lets her go. He lets the nice doctors take her. And then the police come in, throw out their baton to come beat his ass while his daughter's screaming (laughs) not to be taken away. His daughter's crawling on the floor, screaming, crying, 
and you know the nurse is over there and the doctor's just grabbing her up grabbing her by her her uh little apron or whatever it is to drag her to the back another video there's a man he may be in mexico somewhere in south america i don't really know this man's all the way on the roof to avoid whatever whatever I, and i don't know what it's for if it's for isolation because he tested positive or because he um because it was to get the shot i don't really know but this dude was all the way on the roof and you see the police and two people in hazmat suits kind of hazmat suits um you know wrestling with this dude as this is going on and these are just the things that have been recorded on video so as this is going on the response of the people has been pretty much the same as they're standing and they're watching it happen. I can only imagine this is the type of thing that happened in Soviet and Soviet Union and Nazi Germany and any other totalitarian nation or government. Um, people are frozen by fear right now. And this, if you see this process, this is um, the stories that I told you are from three different places in the world, three very different places. Like we said, Australia, India, and Mexico or South America. It sounded kind of like Mexico to me, but I don't know. But just to think, and it's going on in this country too, in the United States. It's going on in Canada. And it's the same type of oppressive government and it's the same type of response from the people, which is to stand around and scream at the authorities that are doing this. And so there's a lot going on in the world right now. And, and people need to realize that it, it's not one, it's not going to get better without people really putting up some resistance and it's it's not gonna stop you know they don't care the, these the, the powers that be they don't care about marching they don't care about protesting they don't care about none of that shit they don't even at this point they don't even care that they're being exposed okay think about that just you know let that bounce around in your mind a little bit okay they don't care that they're being exposed they don't know that people know the truth they don't know they don't care that that people that their narrative is falling apart at this point they don't care they don't give a fuck because their plans are still rolling forwards so i've been listening oh yeah folks you already know if you're listening on the ig tune in on on the wake up radio.com on the wake up radio.com because we're going in tonight so was listening to interview between Reinar Fulmick and Dr. Mike Yeadon. Dr. Mike Yeadon, he was a former researcher and exec at, at Pfizer. Um very he, he's um been a kind of a consultant for biotech firms for a while now since his retirement or since he left Pfizer biotech firms, startups, and all kinds of stuff, consulting. So he's an, an expert in, in many ways when it comes to um, certain aspects of what we're seeing and what we're seeing with this, with this COVID. And one thing 
that they've been able to identify with the with the vaccines that have been rolled out thus far. There are certain lot numbers or batch numbers. They're called different things, different countries, but there are certain lot numbers that they have found to be extremely toxic, okay? The toxic batch numbers in this country, I think they've been rolled out in like 32, 34, 36 states or something like that. There are certain ones that they've been able to identify and they know for sure are killing people, okay? In high numbers. And I've seen a, a you know a few few videos at this point talking about this. But there are ways for people to track them. I'm not sure. I heard something about an app or something like that. I don't know. You know, we'll we'll look more into that. But the point being, with this information being out there, where people can pinpoint the lots or the batches that are actually killing people. And to people who are more who who are in the know about these sort of things, it's apparent to them that it's intentional and that this is genocide that we're facing. It's not accidental. And part of the experiment is seeing, according to Michael Yeadon and according to Reiner Fomick, part of the experiment is seeing how much of this toxin it's going to take to kill people, okay? A lot of us have heard stories coming out of Australia over the last few months about these, you know, hospitals of horrors where people go into these hospitals, maybe maybe they have symptoms, maybe they don't, but then they're basically being killed, you know? And to put it lightly, you know, there's there's no way to sugarcoat it. That they're they're going in there and they're being killed. A lot of a lot of indigenous First Nations in Australia are being forcefully are being forceful forcibly vaccinated and basically euthanized, you know? And so this is the type of thing that we need to kind of wrap our minds around and and not be the ones standing there screaming at the van, this is genocide. Yes, we know it's genocide. What are we going to do about it? A lot of people haven't taken their mind to the logical place after that. And it's okay. You'll get there at some point. Um, I suggest you peace, peace, brother. How you doing? Peace, everybody that's tuning in. I suggest you go back and listen to some of our old broadcasts on the wake up. You can check us out on the SoundCloud for sure. Just go back a couple of years and and see what we talk about because again, we we've, we've built up to this time period that's we're, that we're in right now. We've been ringing the alarm the whole time and now we're here. So the the conversation has to change at this point. One book, you know, I always got my books. One book people should check out is this, Technocracy, The Hard Road to World Order. It's by Patrick M. Wood. And for people who are 
unfamiliar with what technocracy is because there, there are a lot of folks who talk about technocracy and have been ringing the alarm about technocracy for years. And so we are moving into a technocratic society as we speak. And it's not, you know, when we talk about this uh, kind of dystopian world that's being created, it'll be the, a technocratic government and economy that will be the commanding or the drivers behind it. I'm trying to see if I could pull out something from this book really quickly to show you. Um, because, okay, this is from page eight in the book. And is, he's given a background of where technocracy came from. So this was an idea all the way back, at least into the 1930s. So nevertheless, Hearst smelled a big story when smelled a big story when Butler announced in early fall of 1932 that Columbia University was backing a brand new economic system being designed by scientists and engineers that could replace capitalism and free enterprise and quite literally rescue the whole world. Since politicians and economists had already failed, why not give the scientists and engineers a shot at it? Even more compelling was the name of this new economic system, technocracy. Well, this was news and the Hearst Syndicate wasted no time in jumping on it. Here was a unique story of something truly new that could restore hope to a hopelessly lost and dying economic system. Most importantly, delivering a hopeful message would certainly build readership and in fact it did. The presses ran hot all over America, cranking out story after story on the coming miracle age of the scientific society. If only the scientists and engineers could work out all the details. Many Americans swooned, cheered, and then bought even more newspapers and magazines to stay up with the latest developments. So this was a big thing back in the 1930s, apparently, this, this uh, tech, technocratic movement. And so when we fast forward to where we are right now, you see the people like the Bill Gateses and the, uh, the, the Elon Musks and the, what's this? Dude that looks like a penis. Um, fucking Jeff Bezos and Anthony Fauci. You know these type of people. I would consider them technocrats because, and and when you're dealing with technocrats in this modern era, you have to know that these people think very little of you and me, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, they think we ain't shit, and they think that they can do a much better job at running this world and commanding the direction that we go in this world, okay? Something that people should check out is the technocracy study course, okay? The techno this is again page 10. The technocracy study course was published before the end of 1934 and immediately became the touchstone for everything that followed. This 291-page volume was the master architectural document that not only defined technocracy, but also presented details on how to implement it. It was grandiose in scope. Now, Pete, this is from the um, study course. Technocracy is dealing with social phenomena in the widest sense of the word. word. 
This includes not only actions of human beings, but also everything which directly or indirectly affects their actions. Consequently, the studies of technocracy embrace practically the whole field of science and in industry. Biology, climate, natural resources, and industrial equipment all enter into the social picture. Okay? Technocracy is the science of social engineering, the scientific operation of the entire social mechanism to produce and distribute goods and services to the entire population. Okay? Saying these are just excerpts as we go along from the actual study course. Science, in a dynamic sense, essentially a method of prediction. It has been defined as being the method of the determination of the most probable. Now, interesting thing, I was listening to Mike Eden the other day, and he was talking about how the ones who, the, the ones, I can't remember what the name of Sage, an outfit named Sage, who were basically were doing the models for how COVID would spread around the world. And basically, Sage is full of like mathematicians and engineers or something along the lines, according to Michael Yeadon, Dr. Yeadon. And he was saying that when the outbreak happened in the UK, Let's say, I don't remember the numbers exactly, but let's say they, they had predicted that it was going to, um, that 75,000 people were going to become sick, right? And let's say only 20, 30,000 became sick. I can't remember the numbers exactly. Let's say 30,000 only got sick, right? And so Michael Yeadon went and was able to speak with one of these uh, these. Uh, modeling experts from sage and they couldn't understand this individual couldn't understand how his model didn't come to pass he said okay well the measures that we put in place must have predicted must have prevented these people from getting sick or something along the lines of these people are just waiting to get sick there's another 40 something thousand people who are destined to get sick because the model says so, could not believe that their model was incorrect or inaccurate, okay? That's the type of psychopathic mindset that we need to understand uh, it, we're jousting with right now, is where, you know, you hear this thing, trust the science, like what is the science, you know? Science is something that we constantly experiment with and science is ever changing science you know when you say trust the science if you're just talking about the scientific method then you're talking about something that is tested you know you have your you form your hypothesis then you do your experiments with your controls and your different variables and then you come up with a solution and the purpose of science is not to prove yourself right as much as it is to see if the science pans out with your hypothesis in a nutshell, right? So science isn't a fixed thing like religion, you know, but the way science is being approached right now, it's being approached from a more of a religious perspective or a religious standpoint. So we're, we're at a point 
in society where science is uh it conflicts with the official narrative okay and because it conflicts with the official narrative they're calling anyone who doesn't go along with the official narrative they call all kind of shit conspiracy theorists anti-vaxxers uh, anti-science and it's like no they're not those things they just they're reading the broad spectrum of science okay because we have science that says that the vaccines are the best thing and the vaccines are the only thing that are going to work and the pcr test is you know what is the the gold standard for testing all that shit. okay no problem but then we have science that says hey wait there's other treatments for COVID and the PCR test is not to be used for testing for live infections. Okay. So which science is the correct science? You see, and I'm just, you know, I'm saying shit that everybody already knows already. If you listen to this, you probably know it already. Okay. Now, one thing about this book, I want people to know this was written, this was published in 2018. 2018 so it and you know we we've been saying this like you got to go to the stuff that the pre-covid information at this point there's good information coming out now but a lot of the good information is pre-covid information one thing this is from the author what commended these technocrats to think that they were able to run society better than anyone else or for that matter, that society would allow them to do so. Herein we find the second major observation and it relates to technocrats themselves. They're an egotistical bunch who have been infected by the ideological poison of scientism. This is a fine point, but one that needs to be understood because it is so relevant to today's world as well. Early on in the study course, we see the following statement, and that's what I was saying. Science is, in a dynamic sense, essentially a method of prediction. It has been defined as being the method of the determination of the most probable. Okay, so this is from page 13, the tech technocracy architecture. Technocracy is a resource-based economic system that uses energy as its accounting system. Now pay attention to this part, ladies and gentlemen, okay? This is in contrast to our current economic system, which is price-based, i.e. supply and demand. Now think about the supply chain clusterfuck that we're experiencing right now, okay? This is a contrast to our current economic system which is price-based and uses money as its accounting system. In a resource-based economic system, all the resources inputs required for human subsistence would be carefully measured and meted out in the most efficient manner in order to eliminate wastage. All consumption would be automatically limited to issuing to all citizens a quota of energy certificates. These certificates could be spent on goods and services priced according to the energy that it took to make them in the first place. This, they reason, would create a utopia-like society where people would only work 20 hours per week and yet still have abundance of material goods available for consumption. Extensive details on the mechanics, details, and rationale of technocracy can be found in the technocracy study course and in this author's book, Technocracy Rising, The Trojan Horse of Global Transformation. In the interest of space, I will list a few of the more salient features in this section. 
So this is the interesting part about uh, the technocracy, okay? And I really want y'all to check this out. The um, Again, it's called the uh, Technocracy Study Guide. Technocracy Study Course. The Technocracy Study Course, okay? So this is from the book now. The official requirements for technocracy are seen on page 232 of the study course and were considered necessary for a normal operation of the technate. So let me see if I can pull this up for you too, because I probably might have it on here, but I might not. Because in order to understand, again, where we're at right now, we have to understand the pieces that have been laid down for us over, you know, generations at this point. What do you say? page 232 so if you can find this pdf listen we're gonna bring back the uh the on the wake up radio research institute because it's it's long overdue at this point before i get to page 232 peep game okay so this is propaganda this is page 175 20.5 propaganda among the most powerful devices in social control at the present time are the radio and the press. Remember, this 1930s, right? Just how powerful the press has been in the past can be seen when we review the propaganda which we were fed during the late World War. At the beginning of the World War, we were a nation at peace with the world, and the great majority of the American people were almost oblivious of the fact that Europe existed. Finally, the House of the House or Morgan became dangerously overloaded with debts of the Allies and succeeded in involving, in some measure, a large number of American businessmen besides. Then, only a few weeks before our declaration of war, our ambassador, Page, to England, cabled President Wilson that in order to maintain our preeminence in world trade and to save Morgan, it would be necessary for the United States to enter the war on the side of the Allies. Now, remember the Balfour Declaration, so we already know about that. We entered, and in light of this, our entry into the World War to, quote, make the world safe for democracy, end quote, in the events that followed are extremely interesting. The American public as a whole had little knowledge of and little interest in European affairs, and least of all, had they a hatred of the Germans or a love for the French. Consequently, to make it a successful war, such a love and a hate had to be created synthetically. Okay? To this end, the best liars and ballyhoo artists that could be obtained were set to work grinding out lies about the atrocities of the Huns and disseminating them from the lecture platform and the, and the press to the American public. The results were those desired. America entered the war, large profits were made, and the gullible public swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. The same devices that were used then with regard to the war have subsequently been used with regard to political and economic matters. Most of the major newspapers and magazines of wide circulation, such as the Saturday Evening Post, are chiefly organs of propaganda for favored business interests. While the control may be quite impersonal, it is nonetheless positive because all of these papers depend very largely upon the goodwill of business interests for their advertising, which is a highly essential part of their financing program. If they print the right stuff, advertising and prosperity is theirs. If they don't, they stand a good chance of going out of business. So just peep game too, because when we talk about, I mean, you look at 
CNN, MSNBC, uh, Fox News. Who are the some of their major major advertisers? It's the pharmaceutical industry. Okay, so the incestuous relationship between the pharmaceutical industry, the mainstream media. I mean, the. <laughs> you got to just follow the money. I know we've done episodes on follow the money. This is from the from Craig B. Hewlett. Craig B. Hewlett, one of my favorites. He calls them the global regime of economic interdependence. Look at them. And then you start to see the incestuous relationship that I'm talking about. Because then you get, you have the lobbyists who come from organizations like ALEC, the American Legislative Exchange Council, right? And they give money to the um, they give money to the selected officials. That's what I call them, selected officials, right? And not just that, but the people who become these selected officials, they're already vetted far before they even get into any type of political office, okay? So there are people from, you know, Council on Foreign Relations, from this global regime, basically. They are put into positions of power, whether it's in a state, on the state level, county level, federal level, okay? And they already have their marching orders by the time they get in there. And when certain um, bills come in, whether they introduce them or whether they're introduced by their colleagues, they know which ones to vote on. And these people, I'm telling you, this, this relationship, it's totally incestuous. It's totally... Um, What's that word that I always forget? I'm telling you, when I'm doing this show, sometimes I just be dumbing out. Fascist. That's what it is. Fascist. It's fascist. Completely fascist. And people think fascism is like jackboots and authoritarianism. No, that's not fascism. Fascism is corporatism, and corporatism is fascism. Fascism is when corporate interests trump the interests and the rights of the people, okay? You're just going to have to look that one up for yourself, okay? Or you can trust me, but I wouldn't say trust me on that. I would say look that shit up for yourself if you don't know, just so you have a better grasp of what you're facing right now. The information, as much as I would love for you to believe what we're saying on this show and in this network for the sake of, you know, moving things along a little faster, that you got to do your own homework. Because if you can't, you can't articulate your arguments. You know, if you're in the business of convincing people of shit, you need to be able to articulate yourself, not sound like a so-called conspiracy theorist, okay? Because when, when you have the information, when you're armed with the information, then you are dangerous, okay, ladies and gentlemen? Ooh, targeted Tony, my man. He said lobbying equals is known as bribery in another country. Yes, lobbying known as bribery in another country. Exactly, it's bribery. That's all that it is. It's bribery. They bribe these politicians and <laughs> these politicians just go along with it. So this this is the uh this is the nature of oh that's funny. <laughs> as I'm saying, the nature. This is the nature of the beast. As I'm saying that, lesson 21, the nature of the human animal, as I'm scrolling through. <laughs> I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm looking at the, um, the, the technocracy study course right now. So, yeah, that's the nature of the beast that we're dealing with. I, I, I always say one day we're going to go through and we're going to actually do 
um, maybe a segment on how the country actually works with the government and whatnot. But then it's like, we're so deep into this shit, I don't even think it matters at this point. It does for people to understand, but it's like we are way behind where we need to be when it comes to dealing with this. Because honestly, and I, I, I'm not trying to be negative at all, folks, but I don't know if we're going to make it. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to make it, folks. <laughs> um, I, I hope we do. And I hope we're able to, you know, overthrow these tyrants and all that shit. But people are so far gone. And with the distractions, with valid distractions and real distractions. When I say valid distractions, like work. You know, we have this conversation all the time. Who has time to think about this shit? Really? What average person wants to put brain power into you know, figuring out geopolitics and who's screwing us over and how they're doing it. Nobody wants to do that shit. Most people don't want to do that. Some people do. People like me want to, you know? But really, that's not even where I want to put my brain power. I just see it as kind of a necessity right now because we are in an age when you know what we understand is our freedoms and our liberties are just being stripped from us at this point and the and I, a person like me or a person like people who are tuning in to on the wake up we understand full well that the more the masses are armed with knowledge and information the better we will be able to put up resistance to this tyrannical government that's being developed around us. So it's in my best interest to do this. I don't want to do this. I want to be sitting off on an island somewhere or, you know, and saying somewhere in between the tropics, basking in the sun, you know, <laughs> with my beautiful wife, <laughs> eating pineapple and soursop and all kind of wonderful fruits that you can only find growing in those type of places. And not worrying about shit like this, you know, drinking clean water, swimming in salt water, climbing on mountains, smoking good ganja, making teas and shit like that. This is the type of life that I want to live. But, and I tried, I promise you, I tried. I tried to get the fuck out of here. But now, you know, I'm in the belly of the belly of the beast. So clearly a motherfucker's supposed to be here right now. So, you know, I don't want to be doing this, but I understand this is part of my responsibility because it just is what it is. So that's why I'm here. That's why we're here and on the wake up. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. But trust me, this isn't what we wanted. Like, I would rather, you know what I would rather be doing? I would rather have a show where we get to highlight some of the great minds and scientists who are, you know, able to elevate us into the future. You know, like, I want to talk to Moses West about his water creating machine. I want to talk to Deborah Tavares about um, about primary water and how do we give the the people access to this type of water. I want to interview this this young uh, this young brother. I can't even remember his name right now. This young brother who you know he's like the the modern day Tesla, and I think he's you know maybe high school or college age. You know this young brother. You know I want to uh, talk about Stan Myers. 
water fuel cell machine and how we could have vehicles that drive 3,000 miles, 3,000 fucking miles on 22 gallons of water, okay? This is the type of stuff that I want to talk about and how we clean up this earth. These are the type of things that I would love to talk about on this show. And not just talk about it, but then actually move on it, you know? Create actions off of that. That's the type of world that I want to live in. But because we're dealing with these completely corrupt motherfuckers who are trying to, you know, listen, the extermination has already begun, ladies and gentlemen. The bullshit, the wool's been pulled over people's eyes already. People are already falling in lockstep with this agenda at this point. So it's not, we're not talking hypothetical at this point, okay? This is a war. This is worldwide genocide. And we have to arm ourselves with knowledge so we know how to move. Like, listen, uh, I'm telling you, and it's sad, but you're going to see a lot of people, a lot of your loved ones just give in because the fight's too hard. And you can use your energy to convince them not to if you want to, but that might be precious energy that you need for another part of the fight at another time. And that's, you know, that, that's a personal decision that every individual is going to have to make for themselves. I can't tell you how to move with that. I have energy for this shit. And sometimes I don't, you know, I'm human. I, I don't always have energy to talk about this stuff and to argue with people. I don't want to argue with motherfuckers. I want to talk to people who are solution oriented. And our timetable, you know, they, they don't sped up the timetable. And that's something that I think. You know, John and I, we always talk about, but I think that's something that people really need to kind of keep in their mind, too. One of the telltale signs of this speeding up. Thank you. Out of the blue BMX said past the tipping point. That's right. It's past the tipping point at this point. One of the telltale signs of this is the supply chain clusterfuck that we're seeing right now. Okay. It is artificial. I mean, someone sent me an article. Yo, shout out to everyone who sends me articles and all that. I love y'all for that. Seriously, if I, if I never say it, people are always sending me information. And it was a CNN article talking about, I'm not sure what outlet this is from, maybe CNN, maybe The Post, but headlines from January 15th now, okay? Says supermarkets face empty shelves from labor shortages, shipping costs, okay? So... One, the fact that they're putting this memo out there, you, we've been telling you since fucking 2017, 2018 about this artificial food crisis, okay? So this isn't new information for us, but the fact that it's being put out there in these uh, mainstream media outlets, you need to pay attention, ladies and gentlemen, because it's one thing when people are running on toilet paper, Okay. But when it's food, that's a whole other level. And your boy Jim Crow Joe is already sending out the National Guard to do their thing, okay? Putting the National Guard and weaponizing our infrastructure a little bit more, okay? So supermarkets face empty shelves from labor shortages and shipping costs. The, listen, when they say labor shortages, this is because so many people are saying, fuck your vaccines, I'm not getting it. Okay, so these people are no longer allowed to work in these supermarkets. It's the same thing that we saw on the docks with the shipping. A lot of people don't realize and don't know that the reason that 
we're having this um this uh, supply chain crises on the East Coast and the West Coast because there's ships all over at this point, container ships. They're moving so slowly because these dock workers are being told that they need to be vaccinated in order to work. If people don't want to get the vaccine, they're not working. So you could say that's a labor shortage, but it's not a real labor shortage. Listen, you have so many people in this country who are ready and willing to work if you just give them the word. But that bargaining chip is this poison shot. I'm not even, I don't even want to call it a vaccine. I'm calling that that for the sake of the, the conversation. Because if I told people it's the poison death shot, or if I said it's the gene augmentation shot, people might not know what I'm talking about. But for the rest of this conversation, we're going to call it something like that. It's called the gene augmentation shot, okay? Because that's what it is. It's augmenting people's genes. It's not therapy necessarily. It's augmentation. So I want to go back now to this technocracy, okay? So much. I'm looking at this this uh, study course, technocracy study course, and I told you if you can find the, the, the PDF right now, just look it up. It's really interesting. Before I go to what he says in the book here, another thing, 22.7.1 in the technocracy study course, energy certificates. Now remember, this is from back in the 1930s, okay? 1930s, ladies and gentlemen. There are a large number of different bookkeeping devices whereby the distribution to and records of rate of consumption of the entire population can be kept. Under a technological administration of abundance, there is only one efficient method, that employing a system of energy certificates. Energy certificates, okay, folks? So remember, this is from the 1930s. So if you've heard of Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, carbon credits, uh, carbon credits, I remember back, at least all the way back to 2006, really before 2006, but definitely by 2006, under the George Bush years, I was on the lookout for carbon credits. Because I knew this was going to be a telltale sign of things to come, okay? And now this is what we're hearing about the implement the implementation of the system of carbon credits, okay? This and this basically says the amount of carbon, you know, carbon. That shit is so. <laughs> Listen, that's, that term is so vague, you know. So. Carbon credits, that's basically the amount of carbon dioxide that we put out as humans, not just with our breathing, but, you know, how much, how much energy we use, how much light and resources, all that shit. If you have a car, they average how much carbon output you have. At some point, you're probably going to have, you see we're wearing masks now, at some point we're probably going to have fucking carbon meter masks on our mouths <laughs> it's gonna let people let some governing body know how much carbon dioxide we put out it's gonna have a carbon carbon meter on the tailpipe it's gonna let people know how much how much uh emissions you put out on your vehicle okay or it might be a prorated type of thing where, you know, okay, the average person with a gas gas using car uses this amount of carbon every year, that type of thing. If you fly on a plane, like even now, if you look at flights, 
They'll tell you how much emissions your seat puts out for that flight. It might be 300-something carbon, whatever the fucks. I don't know what measure they're using, but it's already being implemented. Ladies and gentlemen, look at what happened in Kazakhstan. That revolution that's happening in Kazakhstan right now, a lot of things could have caused it. They said that's an NWO, Illuminati, fucking headquarters. I don't know about all that shit. I don't know, but I'm sure there's some people who know that I know. There are people who know way more about that than I know. But from what I understand, that revolution and those protests began because these people woke up one day and their gas prices and their fuel prices had skyrocketed. And they said, hell no. And they went after their government and basically unseated the government in Kazakhstan. That is the same shit that happened in France, where basically overnight they woke up. And their fuel prices had skyrocketed. Why? Because of the Paris Climate Accord, okay? The Paris Climate Accord. And the Paris Climate Accord is a technocratic device, okay? This is the type of thing where the Paris Climate Accord is going to end up crippling economies and help, help to usher in this new economy back to the technocrat technocracy study course, okay? energy certificates. And y'all can follow along with this. Hopefully you're pulling up these PDFs. Uh, listen, folks, we will we will bring back the On the Wake Up Radio Research Institute. And we will bring back the free download PDFs. And this time, y'all better get them. We tried to warn you. And we've been, that shit's been down for, what, like two years now at this point? So next time we put it up, take heed download those jewels energy certificates right by this system um yeah yeah thank you out of the blue bmx said i saw their skyscrapers kazakhstan starting to look like dubai uae yeah exactly kazakhstan they, they look like they got some bread they look like they got money over there and we need to pay attention to that region too because you know this world wars tend to pop off in those regions. Kazakhstan, now you see, you didn't see China jump in. You saw Russia jump in. I guess they were called in by the Kazakhstan government to come quell whatever's going on. So Kazakhstan is part of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. If y'all don't know what that is, just look it up because it's important right now. If there were to be a World War III, it's not just the U.S. versus Russia or the U.S. versus China. No, it's the U.S. versus Russia, China, Kazakhstan, Iran, um, Brazil, South Africa, Pakistan, India. Like, all these motherfuckers can potentially get dragged into it, okay? It's not going to be the pushover war that people think it's going to be. I mean, and the amount of so like it's just it would be a, a complete clusterfuck it'd be completely fucked up because even now the u.s is is surrounded essentially by china surrounded and infiltrated like parts of our infrastructure you see what happened in texas last year with the blackouts in texas right part of their power grid is run by 
Chinese hardware, whether it's Chinese, I think it's Chinese transformer or something along those lines, where essentially they might have, China might have a back door to, to the um, power grid or the electric grid of Texas. Y'all can look that up. Okay. China has soldiers in Mexico, in the Caribbean, in, you know, basically every Caribbean island, Jamaica, Grenada, um, Trinidad, you know, the South America, Central America. Okay. China's everywhere. I was watching this video, this young lady, I think she was Chinese too. She was explaining that everywhere there is a Chinatown, that is essentially a military base. Everywhere there is a Chinatown, that is essentially a military base. So just do a little search on your favorite search engine and see where there is not a Chinatown, okay? Look, all, every, all countries all over the world have Chinatowns, okay? Just to give people an idea, because we're talking about this World War III shit, okay? The Shanghai Cooperation Organization. China has this, this saying. They say, once a Chinese, always a Chinese. Whether that Chinese lives in America, in Canada, in Jamaica. And we're not talking about just the Chinese Jamaicans. We're talking about the Chinese that are coming there. They do shit in, in, in Guyana. You know what I'm saying? They're doing their infrastructure projects over there, uh, all over all over the Caribbean, all over South America, okay? And you don't know if these people have connections with the military. Like, listen, this playing field is not what people think it is, all right? You need to get familiar. What I always say, read the art of war. Read the art of war. Give you, give you a better idea of where we're at militarily, and then what others are doing militarily, all right? So I, got, I went to that because I said Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan, they, their prices jumped, their fuel prices jumped, probably because of some measures put in place similar to the Paris Climate Accord. I know they signed on with that. So that might be the exact reason why their prices jumped. Don't think it's not going to happen here. Jim Crow Joe put the U.S., that was one of the first things he did was put the U.S. back in the Paris Climate Accord. So we'll see what happens with that. Mm. Out of the blue, BMX says, the Gestapo seems to be fully in place while awaiting invasion. Any final straw would break America. Quote, what's left of the land of the free and those few that are brave. You're damn right. So, <sighs> yeah, so out of the blue BMX um, raised a good point because he said that the Gestapo is waiting there in the periphery, you know? So one thing that, you know, there's, um, I put up a video of Al Cuppet speaking about the red list and the blue list, you know, in, in Nazi Germany. And one thing with these lists is you had the you had the brown shirts, right? And the brown shirts were the the night of the long knives or the knights of the broken glass and the night of the, the, the long daggers. 
can't remember the German name for it, but this was a night where, you know, people were going through breaking windows and all kind of shit. It was like some Antifa shit, right? But then when it came to one of the missions of the brown shirts was to go to the doors of the leaders, former leaders of the Weimar Republic, okay? And these were generals and people who held keys to different, um, they held keys to the, uh, to the different weaponry, put it like that, right? And so it went up to these people's doors. You say, oh, you're General so-and-so, boom, shot him in the chest, you know, killed him, killed his wife. These were the brown shirts that went around. Then after the brown shirts had done their job, in the background, in the periphery, you had the black shirts, the SS, that were waiting. And when their time came, the SS were the ones who came and they killed off the brown shirts. And we talk about this a lot on this show, which is why I don't want to go into too much detail. But just because my man on the blue, out of the blue brought it up, it's worth repeating. Yes, if it's true that this country and this world is going to follow the pattern of what we've seen in the past, then there might be someone waiting in the periphery to take out the ones that take out everybody else. And that might be the Chinese, okay? That might be, listen... Sergeant Major Dan Page, if you look at the um, the uh, the ad that I put up tonight for the show, Sergeant Major Dan Page, that 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 audio, that voice that you hear talking, that's Sergeant Major Dan Page. He talks about how Russian Spetsnaz have been training in this country for snatching grabs for this type of Gestapo environment that's being created. And it's not just Russian Spetsnaz, it's the Russian Spetsnaz, it's the Chinese. I heard years ago, probably a decade ago, I heard Chechnyans were up in, in Colorado, you know? And Al Cuppet has been talking about the, the international forces that have been in this country, like literally like sheriff's offices, with armored vehicles or trucks that have Russian writing and Italian writing and writing from other languages on the side of their vehicles. What the fuck is going on? You know, um, Linda Thompson has done some great documentaries. Um, one of them, I think it's called America Under Siege, where she talks about, I mean, the, um, the UN and the different, uh, the UN training, the US, uh, I think National Guard and US Special Forces, uh, uh, Green Berets, not Green Berets, Delta Force training with the United Nations and basically becoming like the snatch and grab guides of this country. So there's international forces, according to these different journalists and, you know, Al Cuppet, he used to be a used to work for the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So, you know, he, he had access to information and access to resources, different people in intelligence, you know, 
down to even finding his name on lists or the, the, the names of his compatriots on lists, you know, people that worked in the FBI. And these things are, these things are real. These things are to be considered, especially in Al Cuppet. And I like looking at his information because his information goes back to 1998. Crazy, because I, I was looking at this one, this one speech or this one lecture that he gave that Al Cuppet gave back in around 1998. And he brought in a pamphlet. Now this shit, you can see it for yourself. He brought in a pamphlet that was being handed out to um, firehouses all across the country. And that they were given these trainings, they were given these, these uh, trainings on terrorism. 1998 now, okay? And on the front of this pamphlet, you can see it for yourself. It's got the Twin Towers with a fucking <laughs> crosshairs on it. I'll cuff it. I know I posted this on my page. Um, it's in one of my videos. You can see it. Um, you know, it, it might actually have that image on the uh, as the cover for that video. But how did they know in 1998 that the the fire department would have to deal with terrorism. And how could they have painted a picture so accurate showing the Twin Towers, the World Trade Center, um, <laughs> in the crosshairs associated with terrorism? Yes, we had the 1993 terrorist attack on the Twin Towers. But, you know, going back to this... Uh, this... Uh, technocracy maybe that was the propaganda you know there was a lot of propaganda that was uh being built up from that time period to prepare people and not just prepare the masses americans for because we weren't really being prepared for terrorism in that way but if you listen to susan lindauer she talks about how 2001 the intelligence community was being propagandized in the same way that the American people would be propagandized, but they were being propagandized in preparation for a terrorist attack. Okay. So I just wanted to mention that because out of the blue BMX did mention that definitely go and, um, check out on the wakeupradio.com because you know how it goes. We start talking about these topics and then all of a sudden there is mass censorship. I'm actually partially shadow banned right now. At least my my ad was shadow banned. So go check us out on onthewakeupradio.com so you could have the uninterrupted conversation. And we're going to actually blow through a bunch of stuff because time is running short at this point. So this is going back to the energy certificates now. If you're uh, listening in, check out the technocracy study course. You can pull up the PDF online. I'm on page 230 right now, 22.7.1, okay? By this system, of, so by this system, all books and records pertaining to consumption are kept, are kept by the distribution sequence of the social mechanism. The income is granted to the public in the form of energy certificates. These certificates are merely pieces of paper containing certain printed matter. They are issued individually to every adult of the entire population. When they say the entire population, they mean of the world, okay? 
The certificates issued to an individual may be thought of as possessing some of the properties both of bank check and of a traveler's check. They would resemble a bank check in that they carry no face denomination. They receive their denomination only when being spent. What? They resemble a traveler's check in that they possess some means of ready identification, such as counter signature, photograph, or some similar device, so as to establish easy identification by the person to whom issued, and at the same time remain absolutely useless in the hands of anyone else. Okay, so this is technocracy. This is the world that they're trying to create for people. Just remember carbon credits and all that shit, right? The record of one's income and its rate of expenditure is kept by the distribution sequence so that it is a simple matter at any time for the distribution sequence to ascertain the state of an unknown customer's balance. This is in the 1930s. This is before credit cards. This is before computers this is before digital bookkeeping or any of that way before cryptocurrency any of that shit okay this is somewhat ana analogous to a combination bank and department store wherein all the customers of the store also keep bank accounts at the store bank in such a case the customer's credit at the department store is as good as his bank account and the state of his account is available to the store at all times so think about when they started coming out with you know, like your Macy's credit card or anything like that, Bloomingdale's credit card, credit cards for department stores. This is prior to that, okay? The building blocks of the society that we live in today, folks. Besides the properties enumerated above, our energy certificates also contain the following additional information about the person to whom issued. The background color of the certificate records whether he has not yet begun his period of service, is now performing service, or is retired, a different color being used for each of these categories. A diagonal stripe in one direction records that the purchaser is of the male sex. A corresponding diagonal in the other direction sig signifies the female sex. You know, that would be complicated now. They'd have stripes going in all kind of fucking directions and circles and spots and... <laughs> I can't do that shit now. <laughs> In the background across the face of the certificate is printed or watermarked a two-year balance load period, say 1936 to 1937, during which the particular certificate is valid. Also printed on the certificate is additional data about the recipient, including the geographical area in which he resides and a catalog number, signifying the specific functions, functional sequence and job at which he works. So this, this, it, this, this is the type of shit like they were hoping to have all this on this blank piece of paper that has no actual value, but now they have computers and biometrics where they can make this system way more sophisticated okay folks 19 so they said 19 1936 1937 we can assume this is printed prior to that when making purchases of either goods or services an individual surrenders the energy certificates properly identified and signed these surrendered certificates are then perforated with a catalog numbers of the specific item and amount purchased and also its energy cost. So this is part of the idea of technocracy. Get rid of money as we know it and start to pay for things in energy. They Listen, they want to monetize every aspect of society down to the calorie. 
okay? Or the or the 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 watt, you know, something along those lines, something in terms of energy. So this doesn't cost five dollars. This book didn't cost twenty dollars. This book costed, you know, maybe five hundred calories to produce. Who knows? Whatever the system is, they want an energy-based monetary system. These canceled certificates then clear through the bookkeeping apparatus of the distribution sequence. The significance of this from the point of view of knowledge of what is going on in the social system and of social control can best be appreciated when one surveys the whole system in perspective. First, one single, single organization is manning and operating the whole social mechanism. The same organization not only produces but distributes all goods and services. Hence, a uniform system, system of record keeping exists for the entire social operation and all records of production and distribution clear to one central headquarters. Tabulation of the information contained on the canceled energy certificates day by day provides a complete record of distribution or of the public rate of consumption by commodity, by sex, by regional division, by occupation, and by age group. So listen, this is helping them to catalog and categorize people down to, I mean, so many different ways. And, and so look at the census that we have, right? Imagine the census being more weaponized than it already is, where now they say, okay, people in this area or this community, they use this amount of credits to in, in their day-to-day. -day. They average this amount of credits in a year. They average this amount of credits in 10 years. Now they, with their algorithms and all kind of shit, they can, you know, when you talk about social manipulation, let's say they can start sending essay, they say, okay, this area uses a little too much energy per year. So they could start sending advertisements, certain types of advertisements to this particular area to get them, to encourage them to decrease the use of whatever. Okay, y'all drive too much. So let's give you, uh, send ads to your neighborhood about how you should use more public transportation, okay? Y'all use too much toothpaste. Let's find ways that you can reduce the amount of toothpaste that you use. Y'all use too much water, anything. Listen, this is the technocratic world that's being created. And mind you, these same type of people also believe that there are too many humans on the earth and that we consume too many resources and that we are the reason that, we, that there is global warming and climate change and all that shit, okay? With this information clearing continuously to a central headquarters, we have a case exactly analogous to the control panel of a power plant or the bridge of an ocean liner or the meter panel of a modern airplane. That section is called the design. No, excuse me. That section is called energy certificates. All right. Now, what uh, Patrick M. Wood picked out about the control, okay? The official requirements for technocracy are seen on page 232 of the study course and were considered necessary for normal operation of the technique, okay? One, register on a continuous 24-hour day basis the total net conversion of energy. So that's what we were just reading. Two, by means of the registration of energy converted and consumed, make possible a balanced load. Three, Provide a continuous inventory of all production and consumption. This is for everybody on earth, by the way. 
And so this move to the smart cities and the smart grid, smart meters, smart water meters and smart electric meters, that's the beginning of that process. Or we're deep into that process, not even the beginning. We're deep into that process. Four, provide a specific registration of the type, kind, etc., of all goods and services where produced and where used. So not only, where well, I don't have any bottles of water here, not only where my bottle of water is produced, but where it's used. Whose body does that bottle of water go into? That's the type of shit that we're talking about. Five, provide specific registration of the consumption of each individual plus a record and description of the individual, okay? Biometrics, facial recognition, fucking studying of the veins. It's not just the palms, it's the veins on the forearms, it's the eyes, it's the ears, it's everything. Because what if you're a type of motherfucker like me who passes a camera and wants to turn his ears? Well, nah, nah, we're going to catalog your ear too, player, so we know exactly who we are. We're going to catalog your gait, how you walk, okay? Because that's what the facial recognition is doing right now. Look at the Chinese Skynet if you think I'm playing. You think that they're seeing people's faces, they're seeing people's clothes, they're seeing how people walk, their gait their stride, their pace, all that stuff is being factored in, okay? That's technocracy for you right there. Six, allow the citizen the widest latitude of choice in consuming his individual share of continental physical wealth. Seven, distribute goods and services to every member of the population. That sounds great, right? But at what cost, all right? At what cost? That's what people have to consider. So other key points to the original definition of technocracy include private property would be eradicated altogether. Everything would be owned in common by the technate and controlled by them. So remember the World Economic Forum saying something about by 2030, I think it is, 2030 or 2025, they, you will have, there will be, you will own nothing and you will love it. Some dark shit. All price-based currencies would be abolished and replaced by a system of energy certificates. That's what we talked about. Energy certificates would be issued at the start of an accounting period and expired at the end of it, preventing accumulation of savings for future needs. So you can't even save anything. <laughs> There's no saving anymore. All conceivable human needs, food, housing, transportation, medical, retirement, etc., would be met by the technate at their sole discretion. Listen, this is some Logan's Run type shit. What happens when the technate says, you know what? People over 50 years old are no longer useful to us. And start forcing people, you know, forced, forced euthanization on some... Soylent Green type shit. Have y'all seen that movie, The Children of Men? The Children of Men, one thing, just like they're sending around fucking PCR tests to people's homes right now. And Children of Men, they send out suicide kits. Do you just want to kill yourself? Do it peacefully and with grace and with dignity. And you swallow some rat poison with your old lady and that's it. Children of men, y'all should check out that movie. There's a lot of jewels in that movie. Traditional systems of government would be abolished, including Congress and state governments. A continental board of technocrats would manage all economic and societal affairs according to functional and service sequences defined by and run by themselves. 
Education would be transformed into human conditioning to prepare students for a lifetime of work chosen for them by the technique. If you have read um, Brave New World, one thing that they talked about was conditioning the children to love their state of servitude, basically. They had to be conditioned to enjoy their servitude in a nutshell. From the time, you know, because they were, they, people were no longer born through good old fashioned sexual relations. They were born in petri dishes and, and jars and vials and shit on a conveyor belt. And every day was a different stage of development and different input, different stimulus were given to them. And, you know, depending on what their caste is in that society, they would, um, depending on what their caste is in the society, if they were, you know, epsiloms, which were like the lowest, they were deprived oxygen on a certain day because the, the, the oxygen deprivation would slow their growth. It would retard their growth and basically made so that they couldn't fully develop into who that they were, who they were supposed to be. And then they were given programming to love their state of servitude. Okay. Finally, science and the scientific method would be the sole guide to decision-making throughout the technique based on collected data. Now, we talked about this shit earlier on. If the people who are creating the models put more trust in their models than the scientific process, then we are headed for disaster. And that's what we're living in now, where we are already in a disaster. That's playing itself out. And this type of shit, like, I don't even know if, the, you know, how the world would bounce back from something like this. Because, listen, if all the people who are willing to push back are eliminated one way or another, and then let, let's go back, go to, to like 2050, right? So let's say these people get their way by 2050. You know, there's no longer dissent. There's no longer people who know about the old ways. Now we're living in a world run by these technocrats, just hypothetically, right? All the books are destroyed. All the records in the archives are destroyed, which I don't think is going to happen. But the way that we're headed right now, it could happen, right? So how do you now pick up the pieces and figure out what was destroyed, you know? Like, look at cursive writing. If people don't know how to read cursive writing, how are you then going to teach them how to read it? How are they going to teach themselves how to read it? As far as they're concerned, that's a dead language. That That's what I'm talking about, you know? We, we're living in, in a world that's faced many destructions over many tens of hundreds of thousands of years. If you look at like the lands of Atlantis and Lemuria and Mu, you know, there was something to them. The reason that we don't know much about them, it's not because the information is not there. 
is because the information has been pressed. Whether there's some shadowy organization that's going around to hide the information from us, I don't know. But if we were able to, because I think over time we'd be able to decipher exactly what the ancients were trying to tell us, but we've been so stunted and the information has just been hidden that we don't know. So 2050 rolls around with the direction things are moving right now. Would we be able or would our future generations be able to put the pieces back together? I don't know. I don't know. You just question our mask and we don't have to entertain that right now, but uh, it's important only for how you want to move, moving towards the future. You know, the type of reality that you want to see for yourself, for your children, for your grandchildren, and the things we do now are going to directly impact them. I'm telling you, listen, a lot of what we do is for the time travelers. Listen, if time travel is theoretically possible, then that means time travel is already occurring. And if time travel is theoretically possible and mathematically possible, then that means it is, will one day be physically possible. And if it will one day be physically possible, then we are already living in a world that's been manipulated by time travel. You can do what you want with that information, but that's what it, how it appears to me right now. So, you know, there's a lot of distractions going on right now. Um, you see this storm that's hitting the East Coast right now, this snowstorm, this winter storm, it ain't even snow. I saw a little bit of snow, but I see a lot of cold winter. I see a lot of um, wind blowing folks. Power up your devices, please, just in case the power goes out. Because if the power goes out, you already know. Thank you, Dale G. G. Jr. said that's why everything feels upside down. Thank you, exactly. Um, power up your devices because they're talking a lot of big shit about power outages. And what do you know? Already some power outages in Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, even in more inland in Kentucky, South, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. Heard about the uh, tornado down in Florida, okay? We got the tsunami. It was a little baby tsunami, but it was a tsunami over in, in the West Coast, the U.S. West Coast, okay? Santa Cruz, I heard Santa Cruz. Saw some videos of Santa Cruz. You know, a little flooding going on. So in Pennsylvania, 20,000, almost 21,000 customers are out. Maryland, 16, almost 17,000 are out. Virginia, almost 15,000 are out. North Carolina, 33,000 customers are out. South Carolina, 32,000 customers are out. And in Georgia, 26,000 are out. And in Kentucky, almost 13,000 customers are out, okay? New Jersey, 4,000 customers are out. New York, if anybody is out, um, there's some outage in Broome County, 
but nothing substantial at this point from what I can see. New York Electric and Gas, Public Service Enterprise, Long Island, there are some customers out. So folks, just, you know, just do what you got to do to just uh, protect you and your family right now because we, something that we've spoken about on this show, and this goes right back to what we were talking about earlier on with the, um, with the red list and the blue list and the kill squads and all that, friends of David Goldberg, right? And one thing, it's just ironic how I think I've been shadow banned on Instagram. The friends of David Goldberg, he talked about Project Zypher, Project Pogo, and Tag Track and ID. Project Zypher, I don't remember which one was which exactly. Let me see if I could pull it up and find it for you. But Project Zypher is uh, basically one of the um, one of the projects is about identifying. It's like the Shield program, right? So they have some YouTube pages, some that are truthful, and then some that are not so truthful. But some that are truthful that tell real information, and they keep those up so that people will leave comments and likes and, you know, give their opinion. And those opinions are cataloged, right? Then you got Project Pogo. Project Pogo, one of them is to basically send out the kill squads to kill people, right? So according to the friends of David Goldberg, if you listen to those audios, you caught them in 2019, probably mid-2019 on, they were talking about how they're going to unleash this, you know, this pathogen is going to be a flu-like something that goes around and, you know, some people are going to be taken out by that. I think they're going to do some genetically specific pathogens but then also part of that program is to during a blackout basically there's going to be these blackouts and during these blackouts and you know financial collapse so they they were saying they talk about prolonged blackouts and they're going to be intentional blackouts and that's when they're going to send some of the kill squads out, right? Also, during the financial collapse, people are just going to be snatched up and brought to these places. They say these underground bases. And even people, you know, social media personalities, people that folks like to listen to, you're going to see them come on, but it's not going to be them. It's going to be someone posing as them or not even someone posing. It's going to be some AI shit because that's how sophisticated apparently the AI is at this point. So these are the programs, Project Project Pogo, Project Zypher, and Tag Track ID. Tag Track ID is the program to tag everybody that has a dissenting view on Israel or, you know, who are patriotic or anybody, you know, anybody who's not going to go along with this so-called new world order, basically. Tag them, track them, and identify them, simply put. And so when this, 
testing tracing core came out i felt like that was kind of stepping that up you know and what people may or may not realize are the pcr tests when they get a pcr test and when they get any type of covid test at this point it's also testing your dna it's testing it for certain testing your uh your um testing your DNA for certain markers. And if we go back to Benjamin Fulford, you know, he was talking about this back in 2007, 2008, how SARS would be used as a bioweapon for depopulation. And, and so this is the thing, like for, for those of us who saw these things, you know, over a decade ago, it's not that surprising that SARS popped back up as a global pandemic because that's what we were told was going to happen. Oh yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Right. Out of the blue BMX. You remember that, right? He says CNTV, the Holocaust happened to people like us. PSAs part one and two on YouTube from the nineties. Search MTV Holocaust PSA, thinkmtv.com from the 90s. I remember those. That was from the 90s or the early 2000s. I remember those. And in one of them, they had a bunch of people on a subway train. All of a sudden, the train just stopped. And all these motherfuckers with guns like, get off, get off, get off. And the people just got herded out and herded into fucking trucks <laughs> to go somewhere that they didn't know unexpectedly, right? And then I think the other one was... Um, family sitting in the house or something like that motherfuckers came with guns kicked down the doors taught herded them out and put them on the back of trucks yeah mtv did that i remember those i remember how creepy those were too because it's like where is this coming from like you know the german people and the russian people i, I feel that they weren't that much different or the soviet people I, I feel they weren't that much different from us and people think oh you know that was a long time ago they were ignorant that could never happen now they weren't that ignorant they were actually highly intelligent and that's the part that should be alarming to people because i think they were way more intelligent than most of us are now i'm sorry i think so and for that to happen to those type of people that is um an indicator of what could happen to any type of people. The Russian gulags, and you know, we have, I'm sure we have a, a few gulag archipelago episodes from the past, but the Russian gulag, do you know what gulags meant? Gulag was a nickname for engineers, ladies and gentlemen, for engineers, okay? Those were the first motherfuckers. Some of the first motherfuckers brought to the, the gulags. And there was so many of them that we had the name Gulag Archipelago from the engineers that were brought there. Why would a nation bring so many of its scientists, its top scientists, to these basically death camps where they were worked to death and imprisoned, worked to death, tortured, you know, and the most inhumane shit. Like I'm telling you, people were eating shit sandwiches in the Russian gulags. Like no exaggeration. They were eating shit patty sandwiches. When they were being marched through Siberia, there were times that they were going through frozen rivers, had to walk through frozen rivers 
and people were reaching down and grabbing frozen fish and just <laughs> eating those motherfuckers, okay? Scientists, top scientists in the Soviet Union. So yes, they were highly intelligent, highly intelligent motherfuckers. And something like that, you know, without going too far to the left, but that's what, you know, that set up the relationship that the U.S. and the, the Soviets would eventually have with each other. Yeah, you peeped that out of the blue BMX, right? That would set up the relationship that even the U.S. and the Soviets had with each other during the Cold War, where the U.S. and the American corporations essentially built up the Soviet um built up the Soviet military, the space program, all that shit. You know, they were using uh, American funding, American uh American hardware, American tools, American nuts and bolts, all that shit. You could repair the the Soviet space station with American tools, okay? When in the Vietnam War, you know, we're supposed to be at war with I guess it was North Vietnam. But the U.S. was still conducting business. U.S. businesses were still conducting business with the northern Vietnamese. Corporations like IBM were floating their ships up the river <laughs> and supplying them with shit that could basically kill U.S. troops. Technology that could kill U.S. troops. So there was the war was a fantasy. The whole Cold War was a fantasy. And then people on both sides were being played and the ones who were ultimately benefiting were the US government and the Soviet government and the corporations who did business autonomously between the two. And it's just interesting how they killed off all those engineers. And now the, the Soviets had a deficit, a, a technology, a technological and intellectual deficit. But that's neither here nor there. You know? At this point, folks just make sure you're armed. Make sure you're armed with intelligence and with weapons. Whatever weapons you can get your hands on. And make yourself difficult to kill. You know? If someone comes for you, make them work for that shit. Make them lose a couple people every time they come for someone. You know? Put up that fight. Don't just roll over. If you see someone getting snatched and grabbed, don't just stand there and film it. Yeah, someone should film it for, you know documenting purposes but then other people should go in and intervene because listen if you let snatch and grabs happen in front of you then wait until the it's time for them to snatch and grab your ass okay and that's that's the world that we're dealing with right now where this is the the age of the snatch and grab and i think we had a show that was called something like that the age of the snatch and grab you should probably go check that out Probably go check that out, right? Um, just wanted to touch on what's going on on the West Coast with that volcano that led to a tsunami. Listen, we've been talking about Operation Ring of Fire. Folks, just look into that shit. Or better yet, because the information is so difficult to find, I'll tell you how to find it. There's two places I know where there's good information on it. Godlike Productions. If you go there, I think it's godlikeproductions.com. Go check them out. 
and just type in in the search Operation Ring of Fire. That is probably the only way you're going to find it. Or go to beforeitsnews.com and look up Operation Ring of Fire. And go to On the Wake Up Radio. Go, go to SoundCloud and look up On the Wake Up and look up Operation Ring of Fire because we go into detail about it. Listen, Operation Ring of Fire deals with one, the planting of explosives and nukes around the world, where this is um it's some symbolic shit, you know. You were one of the hallmarks of this operation was seeing factories, factory fires and explosions, and also train derailments. And when they were talking about this probably a decade ago, those were the hallmarks of some of the hallmarks of Operation Ring of Fire. Other hallmarks were they said that they were going to use these nukes to activate dormant volcanoes. Okay. Dormant volcanoes. And these volcano explosions, you know, that one of them, the big one that I hope doesn't happen anytime soon is fucking Yellowstone Caldera. If you don't know, there is a super volcano right in the middle of this country, the United States. If that shit goes up, yo, agriculture, like, not only will the sky be covered in soot and ash, but the agriculture will die. People close to it will probably die. But then the toxic ash that comes down from it will just completely devastate this country, okay? And the according to the Ring of Fire people who are disclosing this, that is somewhere in the agenda. Hope it doesn't happen. Hope it doesn't happen anytime soon, but I hope it doesn't happen. And, you know, according to them, some Navy SEALs were able to stop some of that as it was going on, which is great. But I believe it's still part of the plan. You know, there's a lot of little proxy wars being fought. There's definitely uh, special ops guys men and women probably who are fighting this thing in the ways that they know how. But you look at, now look at, this is interesting, right? Because you look at the the Tonga um, volcano that went off. That shit won. That shit looks like a fucking nuclear blast. That looks like an explosion. That looks like a bomb was dropped on that sucker. Fuck what you heard. I've seen videos of bombs being dropped and that's what it looked like. Maybe it's not though. Maybe it's not. But then what about the volcano in the Canaries that was supposed to create a tsunami that comes and wipes out the East Coast? I'm glad it didn't happen. But according to the news, that one, that volcano is now inactive. Now, let me tell you, folks, because we peeped it and a lot of other people peeped it. The volcano in the Canaries, that one was being attacked by some kind of directed energy weapon. There's a lot of videos. I know I put up videos. I know other people put up videos. If you look at the earthquake map, the earthquakes were laid out in a perfect grid. Perfect grid, for one thing, on the earthquake map. But then if you see the cloud formation, they call it gravitational waves. Anybody who knows about directed energy weapons knows that some directed energy weapons were used on that volcano. So there was a whole shit being, and yo, when I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, these things happen, and then people forget, and then they pop up again in the future, okay? 
Hmm. Out of the blue, BMX said, check out Babylon Canyon on Google Earth. It's a fault line off the ocean ridge that it has been discussed about if enemy fired from a sub into that, how it would look like a tsunami for New York. What? <laughs> the Babylon Canyon? That's interesting. Even that name. Because, you know, I'm not a religious man, but if you read about... You know, Babylon in in the Bible, it talks about how the ships were sitting out on the shores watching Babylon burn. And, you know, Babylon was the horror of the nations and all that shit. Am I going to? I don't even know. I know I probably got a whole bunch of Bibles in here somewhere. I'm not going to take out the Bible tonight, ladies and gentlemen. He says, see also the Cathedral of St. John the Divine that depicts New York being destroyed by water and its column structures. Really? Gave me some homework tonight. The Cathedral of St. John the Divine. Okay, I'll check that out. Ba Babylon Canyon of all the names. Okay. Right, exactly. So, you know, folks, go check out our episodes, um, the Ring of Fire episodes. We did a few Ring of Fire episodes, and I'm just seeing the hallmarks all over. And then they had those mysterious rings of fire that popped up, like the Ring of Fire in the Gulf of, of Mexico, which, which is what they called it in the news. And they had the, at the same time, they had the, um, the fucking flaming balls of fire from the Caspian Sea, which is like the the gateway to the Caucasus and another World War Three area. And then um oh yeah and then shortly after that we had the Ring of Fire solar eclipse. So this stuff and you know this stuff was after we started talking about it on this show. So we're just going to keep bringing that along because there might be something to it and they might be signaling to each other. And it's just for people to remain vigilant. And it really comes down to the basics that we've been saying, have food, water, shelter, weapons, and don't get caught out there, you know, because in the end of the day, they're trying to take out people like us. And I don't think they're going to win. I don't think they're going to win. But if they can have people crippled, you know, if they can limit people's caloric intake, then they can do a lot of things. Hungry people do some crazy shit, you know. Dale G. Jr. said, heard that Nexium sex cult has some Jeffrey Epstein style island near that island eruption. Really? Huh. Okay. That's something to look into. You know, folks, you're going to have to play back this, this show for sure because there's some jewels being dropped in here. So this is something interesting that folks should definitely kind of keep on their radar because I spent a lot of time talking about fucking technocracy, I know, but it's worth talking about it. So this is um, American Military News. Picks videos. White House is building mysterious concrete barriers. So we heard about this Biden administration or the, the Supreme Court striking down the Biden 
Biden mandates and all that shit, right? For workers with over a hundred employees, but not for healthcare workers. That was something else, you know? They didn't rule against that. That's great. That's a little win. But in cities like New York City, they're still going along with the mandate. So it doesn't really matter. That's why these little victories, these victories ain't shit, you know? These these politicians, and this goes back to what I was saying in the beginning of the shoot, they don't give a fuck. They don't care. They don't care that we know. They don't care that people are fighting back. They say, listen, the more you fight back, the more we'll pull that fucking collar on you. The more you fight back, the more we will we will cut off your resources. Y'all want to fight back? Let's see you fight back with no food. You know what I'm saying? I don't have the book with me. Here's a book. Um, it's about it's about the eyewitness to history, something like that. And so it's a, you know hundreds, maybe thousands of stories, eyewitness accounts of people talking about history. I was reading Josephus, Josephus, however you say his name, Jewish historian, who's talking about the siege of Jerusalem by Rome in the, you know, like in the 70s AD, something like like 70 AD, something like that, right? Yo, he was talking about how the zealots were running around, you know, knocking down, knocking open people's doors, stealing food, stealing whatever they could, you know, like uh like what's this guy's name? Judas, one of his people's the zealots, right? They're running around stealing people's food. Said they would come to the same house two or three times to steal their shit just because the the frenzy that they were in to find food, you know? Um people had to fake like they were sick and injured sometimes just so that they didn't get robbed by the zealots. He was talking about how he was talking about how people were eating the leather off their belts and bags and satchels and shit. You know, they were people were they were selling tufts of grass in the market. Like you can get tufts of grass to, to to feed your family. You know, people were eating feces and shit. Like yo, this is when Jerusalem was under siege. Okay. This is just a nation under siege. And he's like, I'm not trying to put my people on blast, but if I didn't tell what was happening, you would never believe that humans were doing this shit. Okay? That's what happens. Listen, the, and the powers that be, you think they don't know about accounts like that? You think they don't know what people do? Listen, ain't nobody going to be worrying about the fucking New World Order or the Illuminati if they cut off your food. You're going to be worrying about not eating shit sandwiches. Okay, um, and, and according to Josephus, they found ways. Listen, they said that the humans were doing shit that the animals wouldn't do. Your, your dog, and maybe not the dog, dogs eat shit, but you know, your animal's not gonna eat that shit, but humans found a way to process their shit and eat it when they were under siege, okay? In Jerusalem, they were eating shit sandwiches, okay? In the Gulag Archipelago, they were eating shit sandwiches. Okay? Listen, I don't want to eat a shit sandwich. If you don't want to eat a shit sandwich, you better get your fucking government in check, ladies and gentlemen. Because that's the direction they're moving people in. Okay? They don't want you fighting back. They want your caloric intake so low 
that you are too frail to fight back against their tyranny, okay? Because trust and believe, there are some well-fed motherfuckers who are waiting in the periphery to take all of us out and to make sure we fall in line with their plan, okay? Dale G. Jr. said, yeah, I heard they're just working on a fountain in front of the White House. I don't buy it. I feel like that city... Is about to burn to the ground. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. They, they they said that they're building some kind of fountain. And I'm going to get to that in a moment. But, yeah. So, the you know, the OSHA mandate has been, uh, uh, what do you call it, overruled or whatever by the Supreme Court. They've ruled against the OSHA mandate, of course, because that's OSHA. Don't think it's not going to come back a different way. Don't think these motherfuckers aren't going to pull the reins a little bit just to make people comply. Out of the blue, BMX said, remember when Obama asked Prince Harry, Olympus has fallen or White House down? Prince Harry replies, definitely White House down when asking which movie he preferred. Oh, Oh, he asked him that? Yeah. And those movies are interesting, too. Olympus has fallen and White House down. Because one of them, Olympus has fallen. Those were both about the White House, right? But then didn't they do, they did one about London, too, right? All those motherfuckers are going to fall. <laughs> All of them got to fall. All them bitches. But let me check this. Let me read this article. So, so we know about the OSHA shit, right? But. American military news, pics videos, White House is building mysterious concrete barriers. A concrete wall is being erected around President Joe Biden's White House without explanation this week, as shown in photos and videos circulating social media. In one video posted on YouTube on Monday, a construction team appears to be building the barrier between the White House and the iron fence that already surrounds the property. Quote, what's going on at the White House, end quote, tweeted Sebastian Gorka a military analyst and former Trump administration official. Quote, why is Joe Biden building the concrete wall at the White House? End quote. Tweeted congressional candidate Irene Armendariz Jackson. Quote, a concrete wall is being built around the White House during the administration of the most popular president of all time. End quote. Being libertarian quipped. So, yeah, all these tweets. The wall being erected around the White House comes as President Biden's approval rating slides to his lowest point yet at just 33%, according to a new Quinnipiac University poll released this week. 33%? Motherfuckers really don't like Biden. Why the fuck are they building a wall around the White House? So the one explanation I heard that makes sense to me, the only Explanation that means that uh, makes sense to me. At this point, I think they're preparing for some shit. If you see it, it looks like it has, you know, slots that you could put some weapons there too. You know, you've got some, some gun holes. From the Washingtonian. This is from January 13, 2022. So just a few days ago. A large headline. A large anti-vaccine mandate march is planned for D.C. on January 23rd. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. will speak at the January 23rd event on the Mall. A mar- so this is the article. 
A march by opponents of vaccine mandates will take place Sunday, January 23rd on the National Mall. The event called Defeat the Mandates in American Homecoming plans a march from the Washington Monument to the Lincoln Memorial, where a rally will include speakers including anti-vaccine activist Robert F. Kennedy Jr. While some participants and speakers like Kennedy are veteran foes of vaccines, a spokesperson for the march says it's best described as an anti-mandate march. Quote, just because you have issues with the COVID vaccine does not make you anti-vaccine, end quote, says the spokesperson who requested to be identified as Trevor F.G. Trevor F.G. says the group has more than 36,000 signups. A permit application filled with the National Park Service on behalf of Kennedy's group Children's Health Defense which AP reports has dramatically expanded its reach during the pandemic, says it's, it, it expects 20,000 people. The preliminary speakers list for the event includes a great number of interesting types, including Robert Malone, a doctor who claims, quote, mass formation psychosis explains why a majority of the Americans believe in the vaccines. Efficacy and support measures like mandates for air travel, and restrictions on gathering and mass. Other speakers include ivermectin champions like doctors Pierre Corey and Paul Merrick, Fox Nation host Laura Logan, who recently compared Anthony Fauci, Fauci to Joseph Mengele. Okay. Tech entrepreneur turned anti-vaxxer Steve Kirsch and filmmaker Del Bigtree, who produced an anti-vaccine documentary directed by disgraced British physician Andrew Wakefield. They did the Andrew Wakefield dirty too because he's he's the one that came out and told everybody about the connection between vaccines and uh and autism. There's a range of political beliefs among the speakers. Vaccine mandate says Jeffrey S. Morris, a professor and the director of the University of Pennsylvania Pyramid. School of Medicine's Division of Biostatistics helped to, quote, feed their common sense of an oppressed minority. They've definitely formed a tight community and they have a few big names in there that give them credibility in a lot of people's eyes, end quote. Listen, folks, check us out at onthewakeupradio.com for the rest of this transmission. Yeah, onthewakeupradio.com, folks, so because we're about to wrap up this, this uh, show tonight for sure. On the wakeupradio.com uninterrupted. This, you know, I'm not gonna read too much more of this article right here because I already see the slant that it's taken. But why this is important. So we see what's going on in DC. We see this wall being put up around the White House, and they're expecting some shit. And rightfully so. We see what happened at Capitol on January 6th of last year. And at this point, these politicians know that the time is about up. And you see that, you also see that they don't care. You know, they're going to ride till the wheels fall off on this one because they're, they're not going out without a fight. You know? There's no way that they're just going to allow us normies, us going to unseat them from their positions of power. Not going to happen. And so they're going to use all the resources that they have at their disposal 
to try to keep the people in line. Um, one thing that Deborah Tavares, you know about Deborah Tavares, one thing that Deborah Tavares talks about, and she was talking about really building up to COVID was how the the infrastructure infrastructure was being hardened. And how if you look at like the the county board offices and you know places like the DMV or uh, municipal offices, anything like that, how they were putting up, you know, plexiglass and bulletproof glass and barriers. And they were slowly building up the infrastructure to defend the, the county workers and city workers against the people in anticipation of some kind of civil unrest. And so when I saw the video of this happening in Washington, D.C., that's immediately where my mind went because that's what it is. It's the, the hardening of the infrastructure. Folks, I don't know what's going to happen, but keep that on your calendar, January 23rd. You know, um, one thing I put in my calendar for January 13th, 90 day sprint ends, expect fuckery. What the hell was the 90 day sprint? That was some shit that I think that Joe Biden was talking about. Let me see where we're at with that. So this was 10, 15, 21. Scores of cargo ships are anchored off major ports. So this is from ASCM Supply Chain Management. On your marks, Biden, Biden announces 90-day supply chain sprint. Scores of cargo ships are anchored off major ports and products are piling up outside warehouse doors. Ongoing product shortages exasperate consumers. We've all been warned repeatedly that any holiday shopping we haven't done yet may never happen at all. And experts say these issues are only going to worsen, even continuing into late 2022 and beyond. To address the great supply chain disruption, President Biden on Wednesday announced that the Port of Los Angeles would begin operating 24-7, paralleling its sister port of Long Beach. In addition, retailers including FedEx, Home Depot, Target, UPS, and Walmart have pledged to accelerate transport efforts by sending more drivers to ports and expanding hours for container clearing. The White House describes the effort as a 90-day sprint to free a path for cargo. So, now that we know that's what that is, where are we at? You know that's interesting because there's a lot of a lot of different people talking about the 90-day sprint. Even down to how to live happily on Mars. What? So there's a whole, a whole lot of propaganda surrounding that. But the 90-day sprint came and ended on January 13th. And, you know, I just want people to pay attention to the fuckery that may come in the days to come, okay? 
because 10 days after the end of the 90-day sprint, we're going to have this January 23rd possible fiasco and clusterfuck. What does that mean? What does that mean for the people? What does that mean for this country? What can we expect on January 23rd and after January 23rd? There's going to be some great speakers going down to Washington, D.C. This is going to be like a January 6th type of thing. Look, I always talk about Occupy Wall Street. Let's go back. Even before Occupy Wall Street, you have the Tea Party, right? The Tea Party, that was a more of a bipartisan type of movement that somehow became associated with Republicans. All right, no problem. But then it, it was ultimately co-opted and turned into something that may not have originally been meant to be, okay? Then you had Occupy Wall Street a few years later, right? And Occupy Wall Street was bipartisan, nonpartisan, really, just like the Tea Party, nonpartisan. Occupy Wall Street was nonpartisan, but became a left wing type of thing. Same type of movement, really, what became a left wing type of movement, right? Co opted, completely co opted, and taken over. Okay? January, 20, January 6, 2021. January 6, 2021, that was more of a Republican movement, but I bet you there were some people who were more nonpartisan in there, but definitely became a pro-Trump type of thing, anti-Democrat, all that shit, right? January 23rd, 2022, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I'm not, you know, numerologists or anything i know that both of those just happened to be would they six days would they be six days no wouldn't be a six day it'd be a six day and a five day right or maybe they both be six days i don't know i just know when you multiply two and three that shit adds equal six like i said i'm no numerologist so maybe i'm not the one to ask about that but the point being, just watch what happens because January 23rd, there's going to be feds there. There's going to be some kind of agent provocateurs there. And it can go smoothly without a hitch, you know? It could also be used as a false flag event to bastardize and demonize the people who fighting against tyranny okay i'm gonna leave it at that it's time for me to sign off folks thank you everyone for tuning in for being a part of the conversation just just remain vigilant ladies and gentlemen you know there's so many okie dokes out here the government definitely running scared because their plans aren't going exactly the way that they want them to go. They're kind of going the way they want them, but they're not going exactly. And you can't think for a minute that their plans are going exactly as they intended.
okay? Don't, don't think that because they're not. And they want us under the illusion that everything is going according to plan, okay? They're not. They, their whole program is fucked up right now. They done moved up the timetable and even the execution of this COVID shit. It's been sloppy, you know? Like look at the CDC doing all this backpedaling now. Oh, you, you don't, you know, don't take a PCR test after you after you isolate because it might be positive for the next, you know, 10 days, 15 days, whatever the fuck they're saying, you know? Changing the amount of time you need to isolate to five days. What, what happened to 14 days? You know? Listen, the healthcare workers, you can't come to work if you're unvaccinated, but you can come to work if you're vaccinated and sick with COVID. A couple people, Dr. Malone and Mike Yeadon, I believe, and Dr. McCullough says we are under, what do they call it? The mass formation psychosis. The mass formation psychosis, ladies and gentlemen. And you know the fucking fact checkers are on top of this. Let me see if we can pull up what mass formation psychosis is just to give people an idea, right? This is actually from rwmalonemd.substack.com. So this is Dr. Malone's actual website. Mass formation psychosis. So when he says mass formation, you can think of this equivalent to crowd formation. One can think of this as crowd psychosis. The conditions set up the the conditions to set up mass formation psychosis include lack of social connectedness and sense-making, as well as large amounts of latent anxiety and passive aggression. When people are inundated with a narrative that presents a plausible, quote-unquote, object of anxiety and strategy for coping with it, then many individuals group together to battle the object with a collective single-mindedness. This allows people to stop focusing on their own problems, avoiding personal mental anguish. Instead, they focus all their thought and energy on this new object. As mass formation progresses, the group becomes increasingly bonded and connected. Their field of attention is narrowed and they become unable to consider alternative points of view. The leaders of the movement are revered, unable to do no wrong. Anthony Fauci, fucking AKA puppy dog killer. Left unabated, a society under the spell of mass formation will support a totalitarian governance structure capable of otherwise unthinkable atrocities in order to maintain compliance. A note, mass formation is different from groupthink. There are easy ways to fix groupthink by just bringing in dissenting voices and making sure you give them platforms. It isn't so easy with mass formation. With mass formation, even when the narrative falls apart, cracks in the strategy clearly aren't solving the issue. The hypnotized crowd can't break free of the narrative. This is what happens to be happening now with COVID-19. The solution for those in control of the narrative is to produce bigger and bigger lies to prop up the solution. Mm-hmm. Those being controlled by mass formation no longer are able to use reason to break free of the group narrative. Of course, 
The obvious example of mass formation is Germany in the 1930s and 40s. How could the German people who were highly educated, very liberal in the classic sense, Western thinking people, how could they go so crazy and do what they did to the Jews? How could this happen to a civilized people? A leader of a mass formation movement will use the platform to continue to pump the group with new information to focus on. In the case of COVID-19, I like to use the term quote unquote fear porn. Leaders through mainstream media and government channels continuously feed the beast with more messaging that focus and further hypnotize their adherence. Studies suggest that mass formation follows a general distribution. 30% are brainwashed, hypnotized, indoctrinated by the group narrative. 40% in the middle are persuadable and may follow if no worthy alternative perceived. 30% fight against the narrative. Those that rebel and fight against the narrative become the enemy of the brainwashed and the primary target of aggression. One of the best ways to counter mass formation is for those against the narrative to continue to speak out against it, which serves to help break the hypnosis of some in the brainwashed group, as well as persuade the persuadable middle to choose reason over mindlessness. Dr. Desmet suggests that for something as big as COVID-19, the only way to break the mass formation psychosis is to give the crowd something bigger to focus on. He believes that totalitarianism may be that bigger issue. Of course, after COVID-19, global totalitarianism may be the biggest issue of our time. That's from Robert Malone, Robert W. Malone, MDMS. Folks, you heard it from the good doctor. So... Maybe, you know, just to wrap all of this up, maybe that's the strategy that people should take at this point. Because the mass formation psychosis, in order to break it, you have to give people something bigger to focus on, something bigger and more threatening. And the one thing that is more threatening that we know for sure is this totalitarianism. So maybe, you know, besides the preparations that we're doing to protect ourselves and our families, maybe that's something where we can focus our efforts and we can unite on that level. You know, you want to tell your people about something for COVID. You can tell them about COVID and all the research and the studies that show and the vaccines aren't what they're what we're being told. They all that stuff. But maybe show them the totalitarian, the global totalitarianism that's being developed around them and, you know, force people to mentally choose a side for themselves. Are they going to be with the totalitarians? Are they going to be with the people? It's worth a shot. And I'm guessing that January 23rd, that's going to be a big topic of discussion. Look, uh, I, the, the fucking fact checkers are already on and saying, no, no, we're, we're not in a mass formation psychosis. No, it's, it can't be. It's, 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 the fact checkers say it's wrong. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Listen, I just want to... AP News, fact checkers, fact focus, unfounded theory used to dismiss COVID measures. An unfounded theory taking root online suggests millions of people have been quote unquote hypnotized into believing mainstream ideas about COVID-19, including steps to combat it 
such as testing and vaccination. I'm not going to read any more of that. Fact checkers got to this one, okay, ladies and gentlemen? So already they realize, if nothing else, how powerful that message is and the damage that that message can do once presented to the people. So I encourage our folks to alert their people about the encroaching totalitarianism, the, the encroaching totalitarian government that's coming, you know? Um, let people know. I mean, you know, on this show, we talked about the domestic special operations from HHS. Why was HHS being trained, the, the Office of Inspector General, HHS OIG, being trained in domestic special operations, you know, from 2006. Why were they being funded and trained in domestic special operations since 2006? Why are they being armed with fully automatic weapons and hollow point ammunition since 2006? Okay, these are real things that are really documented that is not conspiracy theory, ain't no theory about it. This stuff is proven and it's, we have a paper trail, we have receipts, literal receipts from the purchases for these weapons, okay? And HHS, that shit had nothing to do with terrorism, okay? But now in 2022, we can see how something like that could be used in the rise of the Gestapo. Go check back on our Rise of the Gestapo episodes. Go look back on, you know, past episodes of On the Wake Up Radio. Listen, 2021, this network reached 1,750,000 souls on Earth worldwide, okay? You know, that's a huge number for us. But in the scheme of things, that's, you know, that's a small number. It's not even a billion. Let's get to one billion in 2022. Share this content with someone who you feel is ready. Share this network to people who you feel will appreciate and understand what we're doing with On The Wake Up Radio. Stay tuned for the On The Wake Up Radio Research Institute again and get that out to people. Go visit us at onthewakeupradio.com and listen to us. Clearly, y'all are listening, and we appreciate everybody for that because, you know, we're not Joe Rogans, you know? We, 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 we don't have that type of backing as some of these larger outlets, okay? But we're still rocking on. We're still reaching millions of people, you know? 200-something thousand people checked us out on the, on, the, um, on the SoundCloud, okay? So we know you're out there. We know you're listening. We know you're checking us out. We know you're sharing this information. And we love y'all for it. And just keep doing it because everything we do here is a labor of love. You know, if you want to donate to the cause, that's great. Uh, OnTheWakeUpRadio.com at PayPal. No, OnTheWakeUpRadio at gmail.com. That's our PayPal. Send, drop us something in the PayPal if you want, you know. Um, OnTheWakeUpRadio at, at um, Cash App. If you want to drop something in there, $20, $100, $1,000, $10,000, whatever it is. Everything we do is a labor of love, and we're doing this to get this information out here. And to change the conversation and to play our part because we 
understand the encroaching totalitarian regime that's on its way right now. And like I said, I don't know what we can do to stop it, honestly, besides have these conversations. Because this is the thing. Even if everybody in the United States were to wake up to what's going on and be fully conscious, we don't know who's coming in to take us out. Okay? If everyone were to wake up and we realize what's going on, they would probably just speed up their uh, their timeline. But they might just cut the power to this whole fucking country. And so that's why in these modern times, winter is such a dangerous time because you have these politicians who are out there, and yes, they will cut off the power to people if they feel threatened. If they feel their power is threatened, they will just pull the plug. Okay? Remember the Black Star drills. We talked about that in the past. Go look at the archives, the Black Star drills. Look at what they were doing out in Plum Island with the Department of Homeland Security, Plum Island, Department of Energy, okay? They were um, testing how to cut, basically shut off the power grid and then turn it back on manually. And DARPA. DARPA was in there too. Fuck, you don't want these people up there messing around with your power grid, okay? Listen. There is a sizable portion of the government, private industry, intelligence worldwide who are against the people. They needed COVID to implement and weaponize further weaponize the infrastructure. And now we are in the wake of that. And this is just the beginning. This doctor, this is a uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, right? January 17th, 2022. Dr. King, you know, we don't have to go into all his stuff, but one of his quotes he gave about a year before he died, I believe. He said, the United States is the great, greatest purveyor of violence in the world. Okay. This shit we're dealing with is bigger than the United States. He said the United States. And he maybe, you know, he didn't live long enough to see what was really on the horizon. It's not just the United States. It's the United States and friends. It is a worldwide genocide, ladies and gentlemen. Look at the Deagle forecast 2025. The Deagle report, the Deagle forecast 2025, okay? Their plan, if it goes through, by 2025, the U.S. will have 60 to 80% fewer people, okay? Where do you think those people are going? How do you think they're going to pull that off? And it's like that all over the world, the UK, parts of Africa, Germany. We are in the beginning stages of that extermination. Even if it all comes out that this shot is actually a bioweapon meant to take people out, there's no antidote at this point. 
All they need to do is push some buttons, release some other pathogens, and then the next plague comes out. The next plague that comes, if it is launched, it's not going to look like COVID. Folks, it's not to end on a negative note. It's not to scare you because fear is, um, there's no place for fear right now. But it's to ring the alarm. And, you know, prepare people for what's on the horizon. Their ancestors were still drinking human blood and eating out of the skulls of their conquered dead. They were still running naked and sleeping in pools and caves with rats, rats, and other insects and animals. After we had already unfallen the mystery of the stars and reduced the heavenly constellation to minute and regular calculus, they were still backwards men living in ignorance and in faith and darkness. And in the midst of the mystery situation, they take so the corpus, sip the baby blood as you trip. I must admit, coincidence or half a question. Same brother, yo, with love, caught a slug in the whip, baby, so loving and circle like a witch coming. Yes, you are cool to the juice in the oven. I think they bugging. They even seen Teddy Bubba do, but now they undercover. Ain't you got the really wasn't what it was? They got a stuck in. Taking his stride, hardcore for the brain while he's shaking his side. When he awakens his side, action turns to rash with a blood soaked fruit. Kick the officer's ass from punk to brass. Sort of was fast, overcoming outlast. It's a thing in the past, but alas, fight the fight. He showed up. We got the same thing, but still breaking the blood. Sim folks Big shout out to everyone that tuned in tonight Big shout out to The whole on the wake up radio family Big shout out to my co-host My brother John the Masonic Marine From the Truth Booth Podcast Big shout out to you The listener The on the wake up radio army Big shout out to the time travelers who are listening to this right now, years in the future, trying to put together the pieces of what happened. We tried our best. Big shout out to super producer Cindy Ashby for bringing us all together. Tune in again next week for the most dangerous two hours in radio on the wake up. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Bob. Cindy Ashby On the wake up. Just get your body to move. Won't stop till we shake the room, yeah. Just get your body to move. Why do I need to? Why do I need to? Let on the wake up play. Won't stop till they hear what we say, yeah. Let on the wake up play. Why do I need to? Why do I need to? Just get your body to move Won't stop till we shake the room, yeah How to sign up for OTWT Type in OTWTube in your browser It will bring up the homepage Then you click the little man with the plus sign To open up an account Use your best email Select a username And then enter a good, secure password now you're at the home page click the key to log in to your account using your password with your username now search in the search bar for otw2 
which is the page we're going to subscribe to. Click subscribe, click add as friend, as well as click where the videos are. Click on a video to view, like that video, as well as comment. And your exercise is done. Thank you for your support.